0: Thank you for listening to The Actors Room. Please subscribe to the show in iTunes and leave comments and reviews. The show is also on Facebook, Twitter, Google Music, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. The website for the show is theactorsroom.libson.com. The site gives you access to all past episodes. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of The Actors Room. Here we are, uh, episode number 19, approaching 20 next week. Very cool. And uh, we're going to go ahead and continue on with Gary Oldman, part 2. And uh, here we go. Romeo is Bleeding is a different kind of movie. It came out in 1993, but I remember it being in the theater when I was in New York. And that was around 1998. Uh, Theaters in Manhattan would play all sorts of movies. didn't matter when they came out. Uh, Their theaters were usually playing just one movie at a time. And I remember walking around the village. And it had one of those theaters that had just one movie playing at a time. And I saw Romeo is Bleeding in New York City. I'll never forget that. It kind of just stuck in my mind. Um, These tiny little theater houses uh, were nice because by chance you could just walk by and go, you know what, I always wanted to see uh, a Splash or another movie that you watched when you were a kid on the big screen. And they would do that in New York City. Not so much in Cleveland where I grew up. And once in a while they would play an older film. But New York seemed to do that a lot. And one of the films that I really remember seeing was The Empire Strikes Back, which was just great to watch on the big screen in New York City. I remember it was a big theater, too. Huge theater. And uh, my buddy and I sat right in the middle of, like, everyone. And I'll never forget the reaction the audience had. When they saw Darth Vader come on the screen in Empire Strikes Back, which I think is the best Empire Strikes Back, I think it's the best Star Wars that has ever been done. Even with all the new ones that have come on, I still believe Empire to be the best one. Oh, the reaction from that crowd. I've never experienced anything like that in a theater before. I'm talking about sitting down and watching a movie. I'm not talking about live theater. It was truly amazing to hear that reaction. Especially from someone like Darth Vader, who's a villain, right? But he has to be the most lovable villain of all time. People just love to hate him or hate to love him, whatever. But I thought that was pretty interesting. I got away from the point just a tad, but I wanted to touch upon some of the, uh, the way theaters work in New York City. And I also want to point out before I go any further in this episode... If I I sound a little off, it's because I am. I had um, my tooth pulled. One of my wisdom teeth pulled yesterday. And that's another reason why this episode's coming out a little later than it usually does. I like to get it out on a Tuesday morning. Well, hopefully I'll get it out tonight. uh, But it might be tomorrow until this thing gets uh, put up. But yeah, I had... uh, Damn, that, that wisdom tooth is on the upper right. You know, I had pretty good teeth growing up. So I didn't have to have them pulled out when I was a kid. And they came in nice and straight. And then when I reached adulthood, when I was in my 20s and 30s, I started getting cavities in them because they're so far back. And my toothbrush, I have a hard time going back there and getting the toothbrush in there. So they're always getting cavities. Well, this one, man, the upper right, I always had problems with. And over and over, we get cavities and they'd fill them. And then the filling would fall out. Or i get a cavity somewhere else in the tooth. Well, about a week ago, It started to hurt again, and this time, like, more than usual. Like, damn. And I woke up Saturday night, middle of the night, 2 o'clock in the morning, Sharp shooting pain, level 9, level 10 pain in my teeth. That tooth, I'm sorry, that tooth. So I I went downstairs, tried to walk it off, you know, like, all right, I got this. Because usually, you know, you bite down, it hurts. Ah, and then 10, 15 minutes later, it goes away. This was not going away. After an hour, I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. So I took some pain medication. And because I have kidney stones, I have some really powerful pain medication. And I thought, well, this is deserving with this pain level. So I took them, started feeling better within about a half hour. Went to sleep. Woke up the next morning feeling a little groggy. Walking around. I, would, I was not well. That whole day Sunday, I just laid down, which is not like me. I don't lay around. I am usually up doing something cleaning, whatever, uh, fixing something, doing something around the house. I laid on my back all day, just not feeling well at all. I'm like, I got to get this tooth out. So that's what I did on Monday, made an appointment, emergency appointment. I said, I got to come in today. This isn't good. Like, okay, come on in. Went in there within five minutes. They're like, this thing's got to come out. I said, fine. So they pulled it. So I'm a little, it hurts. It's sore today. I'm feeling it still, you know, this sore feeling, So, but I'm brave through it. So if I sound like I'm kind of out of it, that's the reason why. So we're going to continue on here with uh, Romeo is Bleeding. It's a movie I really like, and uh, the actress that plays alongside uh, Gary is uh, Lena Olin, and she is really good, kind of scary, sexy, but so dominant, and she drives Gary absolutely crazy. And he does a lot of screaming in agony. (laughs) Like, she's got him in all sorts of holds, and she just drives him nuts. Uh, But she gives a noteworthy performance in that movie. Okay, all right, here it is. Um, If there are some of you out there who have never seen The Professional, and it's also called Leon, I strongly suggest that you see it. Strongly suggest. Not only is it a tremendous film, But you can see acting by Oldman that is quite simply some of the best acting you will ever see. I don't say that lightly. But it's true. Now, I say that in regards of the best acting you will ever see within the boundaries of his character. Okay? I was going to play a scene from this movie in this episode. But realize that it would do no good at all. You have to watch it. Because most of the good stuff that you see from Gary in this film and in his portrayal happens without dialogue. And I'll tell you why. Especially in the scene where he and his entourage go and collect on a guy that owes them. He stands with his posse outside the door and before he enters with his music, Beethoven music playing in his headphones... He sucks down a pill. Now, he doesn't really suck it. How he takes this pill is truly remarkable and so different. It's I've never seen anything, I don't think anybody takes pills like this. I don't know. But if you've never seen the movie, okay, this is what he does. He sta- he stands there. He takes out the pill and then he looks up towards the sky, looks up towards the ceiling. Takes the pill and it's a capsule. He breaks it, the capsule, so it's it's now it's broken. So all the the stuff inside is now accessible. So he has it and, and like and he puts it between his teeth, and then he looks up, and then he kind of like lets it fall, like the stuff that's inside the capsule, capsule sorry, falls like in his throat, and he doesn't swallow it. He he like inhales it, he goes, <laughs> and then. Like, I don't know if the capsule itself is gone now. I don't know if he then swallows the capsule, the empty capsule. I'm sorry, I can't talk today. I feel like an idiot. But I'm going to do this episode because I want to get this out today. So if you hear me fumbling around and mispronouncing words a lot today, that's why I'm going to get through this. And it's going to be a very interesting episode because we're kind of going along with the whole idea that I'm a little eh. But that's just, you know, it's been one of those weeks, people. All right. So anyways, it's just really funny to watch him take that pill that way. So weird. And it must give him a little something extra to go in there and just completely ransack and put bullet holes in everything, including people and walls, into this guy's apartment. And he has the Beethoven music playing uh, and that's in the scene, and he kind kind of sees it as a therapeutical thing, and it's it's very emotional. This character is whack, okay, and another great moment in that film as well for Gary Oldman as an actor is when there's a young Natalie Portman in this movie she's got to be like eleven twelve years old, very young, very pretty, maybe a little older than that, but anyways, she plays a character that that Family that he shot up. Well that was her family. So she wants to get back at him. And she's after him. So she's following him around. And he starts catching on. That someone is following him around. So he goes into the bathroom. And knows that she's going to follow him in there. So she does. And he's standing there. And knowing that she's there. And, and he calls her on it. So she's sort of cornered. With this psychotic... And he plays a cop. He's a psychotic cop. And he has her cornered. And the way he says her name... He's like, Matilda. (laughs) He asks what her name is. And she's like, Matilda. And the way he says, Matilda. (laughs) Sorry. You have to see the movie to get what I'm talking about. But his character is off the wall. Fun. He has a great deal of fun with this character. And how he portrays it. One of the truly remarkable, beautiful acting performances ever in the history of cinema is Gary Oldman in The Professional. Now, I had mentioned in the last episode how Gary Oldman woke up on the set of The Scarlet Letter when his drinking started to affect his acting. Uh, He was forgetting his lines and he said it didn't feel right. Uh, And he's been very open about his relationship with alcohol. And he would go on to say this about it. Quote, What was I drinking? Anything. I would drink whatever I could get my hands on. My tipper was vodka. My joints were stiff and swelling. I had a tongue that was the color of my jacket. Black. End of quote. Anthony Hopkins would also remark that he would smell the alcohol on Gary at all times during the filming of Dracula. It's none of my business, says Hopkins. I don't get into anyone's drinking. It's up to them. Now he would also come into my trailer and just stand there for a few moments. He didn't say anything. And then he would just leave. And I didn't know if he needed help. and was trying to ask for it. End of quote. Gary would say that he would have visitors come up to visit him in his home. He would be inebriated and contained. And Gary would ask them to bring him a bottle of vodka. And they would threaten not to come at all, to come without the vodka. And Gary would say, that's fine. I will get someone else to do it for me. Immortal Beloved is a film that touches me. Now, just like River Phoenix in Running on Empty, Gary Oldman is really playing all the pieces in the film, but was later dubbed by a professional musician. He spent six weeks practicing on a Steinway for six hours a day in his hotel. He would later remember a review that read he mimed very well on the piano, and he laughed it off, saying, I'm really playing that. No shit. I could do that but Oldman nearly didn't do this role at all.
1: Well, I like the script, Um, although I think I passed on it. Well, I passed on it at least twice. Um, I just felt that, you know, I'm going to play another character from history. You know, I, I was worried that I would I would sort of become the bio kid, you know. Lee Harvey Oswald, Sid Vicious, Joe Walton So yeah, it passed. I went away. I think they looked at other actors, and then it came back. And um, my manager, Douglas, sort of, um, I can't. He it, it, it didn't bully me, but he convinced me to do it. He said it's it's a it's a it's a departure for you, and it has it has a very romantic. Flavor, spirit to it, which is something I'd not really, uh, not really done.
0: I have a great deal of respect for actors that take on music legends like Beethoven and do it well. Now Oldman pulls it off, and you can see him enjoying the music. He places himself within the parameters of the moment, somewhere in another time period. You know now other notable. Real life portrayals that grabbed me were Joaquin Phoenix as Johnny Cash, very well done. Uh, Dennis Quaid as Jerry Lee Lewis, an underrated performance, but done just spectacular. Jamie Foxx as Ray Charles, nailed it. And Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison, just fantastic. <laughs> I mean, Utah, that might be the best one, I think. Um, and also Sissy Spacek as Loretta Lynn. Um, I have to bring up Murder in the First in 1995. Very underrated picture. And on the same level, uh, a very underrated performance here by Gary as well. Let me stress this, and most would disagree, but I really don't give a shit. (laughs) Now, it's really crazy, but I think this is Oldman's best performance. Uh, Maybe his best moment in a film. But that's just my opinion. When he has uh, his blow up to Kevin Bacon's character in the prison, now Oldman plays uh, an associate warden. And, uh, you know, I've seen this film about 20 times. It was on HBO quite often. And whenever it came on, I watched it. And uh, Oldman plays a sadistic, bullheaded asshole, all right, who won't back down. And uh, Christian Slater is also in it. And does a very admirable job, Christian Slater, actually. Um, they do pretty good. And, but it's Oldman's role that stands out and steals the show. Just a taste of Oldman here. In life, Henry, for
1: every action, there is a, a definite and distinct reaction. Action Reaction yes. Yes. now. If you escape action, I lose
2: my job. Reaction. I have a family that I will not be able to provide. For.
0: And there is Gary displaying his ability to let go and scream at us. Oh my! You can hear and it, feel it. I mean, you can see where anyone acting alongside of him can become concerned about their safety. Hilarious. I know I would be. If someone went off on of me like that, I would probably shake in my boots just a little bit. Uh, that character is so sinister. Uh, a cool tidbit also during the filming, uh, there had been an earthquake in California around this time, and the set was experiencing aftershocks. Well, the aftershocks would rock the makeup trailer where Oldman was sitting. After days of this going on, Gary lost his patience. He got up from the makeup chair, walked to the trailer door, opened it, looked up into the sky, and screamed, Stop! That would probably be um, me as well. And my, my younger brother, Dave, he's got a pretty short temper as well. Like I could see that happening. Where you just lose your shit. You know, you're just sick and tired of it. And, of course, it's not going to do anything. Like, you could scream stop at the top of your lungs. But it's not going to stop what's going on. But you know what? You're going to feel better about it. It's called release. And Gary Oldman was pretty damn good at releasing. All right. uh, then came The Scarlet Letter. A few noteworthy actors that were in this film with Gary were uh, Demi Moore, who I believe to be one of the greatest actresses of her time. Robert Duvall, an actor that absolutely loves to talk about acting. Joan Plowright, uh, one of Laurence Olivier's wives. And now, the film itself did not do very well at the box office. I think it's just the flow of the picture. I don't know. It's, there's something off about it. But I felt the acting was fine. And Gary gives us an inspirational speech.
2: Friends... And fellow voyagers in the greatest of all dreams we have been singled out like Israel of old to serve as a model but if we are to succeed in building our new Jerusalem our city on a hill then the power of love yea his divine love must bind our hearts as one must bind our hearts as one English and Indian, gentry and indentured, free man and slave, and make of us an example for all the world to marvel proclaim. at and proclaim. Here, Here is the measure of perfection. Here lives God's own. But we are not succeeding in that test. We are failing in that test, and why? Because we covet, nay, we lust after what is not ours. Be it the rich land of our Indian brothers. Be it for glory. Be it for glory. For profit. profit or, for or for revenge. Need I read the secret? Need I read the secret every heart? of every heart? Yea, I will if you want. Yea, I, I will, will if you want. open thy secrets before the eyes. I will lay open thy secrets before the eyes of God. Whatsoever thou lustest after is mine enemy, saith the Lord God, for only I shall consume thee, only I shall fill thee up. If thou failest to heed my commandments, then my fist shall descend on thee like a stone, and my sword shall cut thee into bloody parts, and even thy memory shall be sacrificed to the winds for all time. May God bless you.
0: Each and every one of you. Amen. Amen. As I mentioned in my last episode, Oldman's drinking caught up to him during the filming of The Scarlet Letter, and he made the decision to stop. It scared him that he was losing control and the alcohol was winning. Gary says it was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life, giving up drinking. He would also say I loved it, But I don't find it hard to not drink anymore. Alcohol is like poison. Gary lost his father in 1985. This was right before he starred in Sid and Nancy. And his dad never got to see his son's success. I saw an interview with Gary and he talks about his dad freely. He stated that during the filming of uh, Nil by Mouth, he confronted memories of his past. And a colleague of his remarked how he felt Gary missed his dad. And you can see it through the interpretation of the film, nil by Mouth. Gary was astonished at this observation and says that it was true. He missed his dad. And although his dad was a drunk, so was Gary. Oldman would go on to say that his dad would have loved the whole movie star image in a way. Living in California... Working in New York, having the sort of perks of visiting all sorts of places, that sort of thing. My dad would have loved it, he said. He would have just loved it. And although Nil by Mouth wasn't a precise autobiography look at Gary's life, it was close enough for him to bring it to the screen. He always found this kind of lifestyle fascinating. It was chaos and real emotion. He was always observing, and I am the same way. I'm fascinated by certain aspects of life that I've never experienced, and that I want to know more about. And I'm, I'm not that into science fiction films because, well, I don't know, you it's not believable, you know? And, but real life, to me, that's interesting. And I believe Gary feels the same way. Give me truth, damn it, right? And it was also around this time in his life that Gary became a single dad and he had to make a decision. Do I become one of those dads that sees their kids every once in a while because I'm on location? Or do I become the dad that's around? So, Gary decided to be the dad that was around. Good man. And he says, when he looks at his two boys, he knows they are his greatest accomplishments. The fifth element is one to note. And I want to get back before I go on about the fifth element. God bless them for making that choice of becoming that dad that's there for their kids. And me being a dad, that means a lot to me when I see the sort of makeup of a person. Uh, Being a father is very important. And to a child... um, Having your dad around most of the time means the world to them. So you know that I think that was a very difficult decision for Gary to make because I know how much he loves acting. But I think that he loved his kids more and wanted to be more a part of their lives, especially when they were little. And that's a very important decision to make. So good for you, Gary, in making that choice. Um, The fifth element, strange movie. You know, like I said, I'm not a big fan of science fiction movies. Yeah, I mean, but the outfit that Gary's got on in this thing, man, it's wild. It's, it's strange. The hair and everything and the thing he's got on his head. Um, I don't know. Uh, my cousin, I have a cousin, and he this is like one of his favorite movies. He just loves this movie. And I, I find it entertaining. I really do. Um, but not one of my favorites, Nah, not really. I just I even tried watching it about a month ago. I saw it was on Netflix. I'm like, you know what? The Fifth Element. I'm gonna give it a shot again. Ah, uh. <laughs> no, it just, but it, it's just, and I love Gary Oldman, you know, and Bruce Willis. I like him too a lot. Uh, there are other actors in there as well. Uh, but overall, I thought that movie was pretty subpar. I'm sure there's people who disagree with me, but hey, that's the way I feel about it. Um, Gary has stated that most of his characters that he plays are outsiders. And that's what makes his acting appealing. They have a little something extra to them. That helps. And it also helps making it more interesting. Plus you have Gary's extra spin and his approach. And there you go. His characters are unpredictable. And that's what makes him great. I absolutely love this quote from Gary, quote, When I play a character that's crying, really feeling something, Gary is crying. I'm crying. Simple as that. End of quote. Gary Oldman believes that The Godfather Part II is a masterpiece in filmmaking. Here's his quote, Everything about the film works brilliantly. The storytelling "...amazing production design, gorgeous cinematography, the composition, the acting, the costume, the music. I think it's a work of art." End of quote. Researching his roles comes from all over. He isn't one to follow one direct way. It comes to you. He says that. It comes to you. The voice he used in Hannibal, for example came from someone he had a conversation with. He heard this voice and BAM! That was it, I got it, he says. Now sorry I am getting a bit off base with Gary's timeline, but doing research on him garners a few topics to be discussed. Gary has mentioned his time working and watching Anthony Hopkins. Gary saw a play that Hopkins was in a long time ago and remembered how deeply rooted he was, literally. His feet planted firmly on the ground in the theater and with his character. Gary felt he was watching one of the greatest performances he would ever see, and it stuck with him. So when Gary finally worked with him, he asked him about it. What made you so grounded, he said. Um, Hopkins says he was standing on the stage after a long day of rehearsal, frustrated with his character. Nothing was working, Hopkins said. And I was lost. Someone yelled to me. And asked me a question. I didn't hear what he said. And my body shifted. To lean in. To hear his words. And I replied. What did you say? And I noticed something. How the movement I did. Felt good. I felt good. He said. So I used it. And from that point on. In my acting on that performance, that is the way I stood. End of quote. Now, that is a key in becoming successful in your craft. The cloak of inspiration. Leave yourself open and you will find your way. Gary was offered a part. He had no problem turning down. He was asked to play Charles Manson, who just passed away. I think yesterday, weird. And uh, Gary was offered to do Charles Manson, and he turned it down. He just couldn't do it. It's not right, he said. It was just bad karma. And he thought about the people that were still being affected by the actions of this monster, Manson, and he just couldn't do it. He thought, I just can't, and it would just be despicable. Madam Vice President,
1: Time has come for you to demonstrate your good faith. I've been reading through your press kit. I understand
2: Air Force One is able to refuel in midair, but we need fuel, and we need it now. I'm sure we can come to some sort of arrangement. If you land the plane, we'll trade fuel for hostages. This is bullshit. It's simple physics. Without fuel, the plane crashes. Everybody dies. We're trying to do everything that we can. Tell me what I want to hear, or I will execute a member of the senior staff and continue killing one hostage every minute until the plane crash, or refueling plane arrive. Well, what do you say? Fuel's on its way. Thank you.
0: That's an Air Force One clip there. And can't win that battle. Negotiating against Gary Oldman? Come on now. Impossible. And uh, think about the premise of this film just for a moment. Something like this actually happening. I mean, you have a Russian terrorist that hijacks the president's plane. And all the chiefs of staffs are up there as well. All these important people. And Gary's holding all the cards playing the Russian terrorist, you know, tough spot. And Gary is so wonderful with accents. Am I right? Uh, he, He mentions that he spends a great deal of time mastering his accents. And I'm the same way with that. Naturally, like, we were playing a board game the other night where you have to, like, do different accents and act like different people. And some of them come, you know, okay to me and quite naturally, but others, I'm awful at it. I mean, I can't do it. I'll have accents mixing together and it just sounds really stupid. But if I were to you know, sit down and really study it and go over and over, uh, eventually I, I can do it pretty well. And that's what Gary would do. He would spend a lot of time on his accents and made sure that they sounded efficient. And it makes me even more impressed with people like Robin Williams because I thought he was one of the best at it and how he can just jump into an accent and be that person or that nationality and, and have it come off so convincingly. It's so impressive, so talented, uh, but Oldman looks so comfortable in this character and he looks so calm in the scenes. He puts his gun to the head of the president's wife and he says you know he puts the gun to her, her head and he says I'm sure he's gonna negotiate. Very chilling. The Contender in 2000 was a mixed bag for the audiences. I found Gary's character to be refreshing. He changes his appearance and does some nice things about his acting choices. He and Joan Allen had good chemistry and give us reactionary moments. You can tell that both of them did a lot of rehearsing together. Now Oldman co-produced this film and he felt this needed to be presented on the screen. And it's a good film. I liked it and Joan Allen was nominated for Best Actress and Jeff Bridges who plays the president was also nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Oldman is on record expressing his disapproval of how the studio went ahead and changed the overall theme to a more liberal stance. The studio has denied that there had been changes in anything. And uh, you know what? I think I know who I believe. Perry! Okay. Sorry. I probably wasn't supposed to do that because of my tooth. Ouch! Um, I have to mention Nobody's Baby in 2001. Oh my god. Now this one is one of those projects that looks thrown together to get done as a favor. But it's hilarious. If you didn't know it was Gary Oldman, you wouldn't recognize him. He had a blast making this picture. It's a comedy and he stars alongside Skeet Aldridge. And there are a bunch of other cameos of other stars as well. Gary has this big, frizzy, curly hair going on with a mustache. He plays a redneck that comes upon a baby and they fall into a bunch of crazy situations. I guess Gary played with the twin girls. Now when there's a movie done with um, a minor, I think probably like maybe 10 years or younger, they're usually a twin. Uh, because they have to split up the, uh, the shooting times. They feel that I think there's something in the contracts of all uh, young actors. That there's only a certain amount of time you can work on the set. So when you see a young kid in a film, especially a baby, uh, they're a twin. So in this movie, it's a baby that's there. And I guess Gary played with the twin girls during filming. And says he was very homesick being away from his sons. And he would give the girls a, quote, cuddle or a squeeze, end quote, whenever he could. Hannibal, dear God, although this did well at the box office, I still consider this to be a letdown of a sequel to Silence of the Lambs. I mean, trying to top or just give a movie on par to Silence of the Lambs is a difficult task. I remember seeing this in the theater and cringing. When I looked at Oldman's character, Mason. Horrifying. I don't want to get into this film too much. Because to be quite honest, I was very disappointed in it. I was. The only bright spots were Anthony Hopkins in Oldman's performance. Okay. I went ahead and watched Interstate 60. And it's also called Episodes of the Road. It was so bad, it was good. One of those, you know... Um, it was on Amazon I think and I watched it a few days ago knowing I was going to do Gary I saw this one I'm like okay I haven't seen that one yet and I think I know why and yeah Um, it's a comedy and you could tell it was probably made over the weekend Uh, I'm kidding it was low budget it had that feel to it and there's a bunch of star cameos on it as well Uh, it was directed by Bob Gale who collaborated with Robert Zemeckis to do Back to the Future if you remember back in 85 uh, this one has actually a cameo by Michael J. Fox and you also get to see Christopher Lloyd in it so there you go, they were all doing favors I think, just a fun movie to do um, and uh, it's a fun picture I mean, if you have a chance to take a look at it, it's called Interstate 60 Episodes of the Road and my family and I sat, and we watched the whole thing though uh, my wife Amy uh, she like had a get up and do something, and she's like, well, you're going to have to pause it, because i got to see how this dumb movie ends. Isn't that something? We know it's dumb and stupid, but we've already put that much time and effort into watching it. you got to at least see it through. So we all watched that one together the other night, and dumb as it was, it still was entertaining. In 2004, Gary Oldman gave us the performance of Sirius Black in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and I have to admit, I am a huge Harry Potter fan, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. I've read every book, and I have seen every movie about a dozen times. It is a staple in our home. My wife absolutely adores the series and all it has to offer. And her favorite character by far is Sirius Black. I mean, we named our dog Sirius. I'm not kidding. We have a little shih tzu in his name is serious. Cute little guy. He's been kind of going through some rough spots recently. We uh, found out he has skin allergies. This poor guy, he's just scratching. It's, I actually took him to the doctor today. Uh, we had him on antibiotics, and, and he was scratching again last week. And like, oh, God, poor guy. So we took him back in today, and we got like a special like medicine shampoo that he has to do and he's back on antibiotics and they got us like some cream for his ears that I gotta do I'm like wow so little Sirius has got some allergies but our dog's name is Sirius that's how much we love the character and Gary Oldman gave Sirius that lovable quality such an engaging role and he plays it so well did the movies teach you anything about your characters? Did you see anything about your characters that that might have added to
1: their complexity? Because actors can take lines.
2: Yeah, definitely, and, and that's their, their job own, yeah.
1: is to make them, enhance them.
2: Gary Oldman was fantastic. Oh, Serious, yeah. he was amazing, and he gave Serious something that was was in my mind for Serious, but on screen. I really saw it, that slight edge of insanity, of being unbalanced, someone who'd been locked up for a long time, and he just played that. Now listen to me. I want you to take the others and get out of here. What? No, I'm staying with you. You've done beautifully.
1: Now let me take it from here.
2: I'll be forever grateful for this.
1: To both of you, I want to go with you. One day, perhaps. For some time, my life will be too unpredictable. And besides, you're meant to be here. But you're innocent. And you know it. And for now, that'll do. Don't let me. I expect you're tired of hearing this. But you look so
2: like your father.
1: Except your eyes. Yeah. My mother's eyes. It's cruel that I got to spend so much time with James and Lily and you so little. But know this. The ones that love us never really leave us. And you can always find them. In here.
0: I really love that scene It's Harry Potter I get it But that series of films Are done so well You cannot deny it There may be some Harry Potter bashers Out there I say Who cares I love it And there are many people Out there that love it too And Gary Oldman Loved it as well He was extremely proud Of this part And says that He misses that role He read all the books and feels that he wishes he had all the information before doing Sirius when it first started. If I knew then what I know now, I could have given Sirius a different spin, done things differently. It would have been fun. Oldman would go on and reprise his Sirius Black role in Goblet of Fire, The Order of the Phoenix, and The Deathly Hallows. But of course, his character is killed off. The Batman movies that Gary Oldman co stars with Christian Bale are the best that the Batman series has to give us, no doubt about it. And here is a scene that gives me chills every time I watch it. Dad? Daddy, is he okay?
1: Thank you You don't have to thank me Yes I do
2: The Joker won
1: Harvey's prosecution, everything you fought for I'm done Whatever chance you gave us of fixing our city Dies with Harvey's reputation We bet it all on him the Joker took the best of his and tore down. People will lose hope.
2: They won't. They must never know what he did. Five dead? Two of them cops. You can't sweep that.
1: Because we have to chase him. Okay, we're going in. Go, go,
0: move! You didn't do anything wrong.
1: Because he's the hero Gotham deserves. But not the one it needs right now. So we'll hunt him. Because he can take it. he's not our hero he's a silent guardian a watchful protector a dark knight
0: um as i said before when i highlighted morgan freeman This film, The Dark Knight, deserves its own episode, and I will do that in the future. Talking about it and all of its wonderful actors will be fun. Now, doing my research on Gary had me realize that he does a lot of voiceovers for video games as well. Uh, I used to be a very big video game guy when I was a kid. Uh, Not so much anymore. Uh, I do enjoy playing games. Uh, I have a Madden game that I will play and actually started playing a little while ago. Uh, And I also like to play Super Mario Brothers. That's my favorite. And during uh, Christmas time, I get a break from work. And I'll sit down and I'll play Super Mario Brothers. And our favorite is Super Mario Brothers 3. We love playing that game. And we've beat it a few times. But I just still enjoy it. I can sit down and it's still challenging to me. Uh, But Gary has gone on to do voiceovers for a few games like uh, Call of Duty, The Legend of Spyro, True Crime, Medal of Honor, and even the Fifth Element video game. I think that started it off. Uh, A film of note that Gary Oldman did with Denzel Washington called The Book of Eli is one to take notice of. It's a post-apocalyptic film, um, and it's very good. Um, I'm going to do an episode on Denzel Washington very soon because he's tremendous. He's so strong. And watching him and Gary Oldman react off of one another is a true pleasure to watch. Uh, Denzel suggested Gary to play this part. And thank God they listened. This one is a bit underrated. And I'm a big fan of these movies. People Under Pressure. uh, The mystery of the book and its contents. It's just good stuff. And I have to say that Gary Oldman pulls off American accents so well. And I love it. Um, I also wanted to talk about Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. This is the film that brought Gary Oldman uh, his first Academy Award nomination. You heard me correctly. How is that possible? He had never been nominated for anything that he had done in the past. This was his first nomination. And I had never seen it. And I sat down and I watched it on, I started it on Friday, kind of late. And it seeped into Saturday evening and I watched the end of it. Uh, it's sort of a hard movie to follow. A lot of flashbacks, flash forwards, flash sideways. A lot of flashes. Um, and it's a movie that I'll have to watch again. But I concentrated on Oldman's performance. And this one is a very laid back performance for him. It looks like he's just sort of uh, keeping a lot of stuff in. Um, his character seems to be very reserved. Um, so well contained. Um... I'm not saying I didn't like the performance. It was something different brought to the table by Gary in this performance in Tinker. And I call it Tinker. <laughs> uh, he was nominated for Best Actor and didn't win. Okay, now his next big film, I'm sure as most people know, Darkest Hour is a movie. And he will be portraying Winston Churchill. A complete transformation. Looks nothing like him. And it is slated to come out tomorrow. So how about that? And like I said. It hasn't been released yet. And will be coming out. Hear me now. I am making a guaranteed prediction. I guess it's just a hunch. But anyways. Here it is. Gary Oldman will not only be nominated for Best Actor, but will win the Oscar for Best Actor in Darkest Hour. Early Buzz has many proclaiming his rendition of Churchill to be simply breathtaking and I can't wait. And the fact that Gary has only been nominated for one Academy Award is absolutely pathetic if you think about it. I mean, what happened there? Uh, So I did a little research on this and wondered to myself, how come he's never been nominated before? Well, it looks like Gary doesn't do much self-promotion. He doesn't even have a publicist, he says. So he doesn't go out and sort of push to be nominated. Well, I think that's ridiculous. I think the Academy should recognize performances without having to... You know, suck up to people. I mean, is that what it's really all about? And I'm slowly learning that, yeah, it is. It's who you know. It's who you shake hands with every day or kiss ass with. Isn't that something? I think that's just reality though, people. It really is. That's just the way the world works. And they just couldn't ignore him anymore. And uh, I may actually have to watch this year's Oscar ceremony. And I mentioned in the past that it has been a few years. Because I'm just turned off by the Oscars. The whole show, I've expressed my disdain for the Academy in the past. But I may have to watch this year's. um, Because Gary's going to be nominated, I think. Without a doubt. And he deserves that victory. Gary Oldman deserves that Oscar And he will really appreciate it. He has worked so damn hard his whole career. And he fucking deserves it more than any other actor who hasn't won it yet. I guess Gary doesn't go all out in promoting. So what? But you gotta give it to him this time. If he's nominated, and I think he will be. Like I said, I predict he will be standing there on that Sunday night. With that little bald-headed beauty in his hand. It's his time. Book it. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. And happy Thanksgiving, Mr. Gary Oldman. And here's a special message directly from Gary, wishing all of us Americans the same warmest regards this Thanksgiving season.
2: Hello. I'm noted Englishman Gary Oldman with a special holiday message for my American friends. This year, as you consume your annual feast of thanksgiving, consider this. You're hurting our feelings. Not only did you flee our homeland to avoid paying taxes, you now pay so willingly. You rub our faces in it with a big fat food orgy. We get it. You're thankful to be rid of us. But guess what? We're glad you aren't British anymore. The pilgrims were the whiniest milk socks in history. Oh, the wicked king won't let me wear ridiculous hats and buckles on my shoes. I'd better go plunder a native people to assert my freedom. Me, 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 me. Well, off. And good riddance, you, you, you bunch of honey boobles. <laughs>
0: And I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of The Actors Room. Episode number 19. Highlighting the very talented and dedicated actor Gary Oldman. One of my favorites. Even dedicated two episodes to this wonderful man. This intriguing character. Who has given us such memorable performances. So different. So cool. And it was an honor talking about Gary Oldman for the past two weeks and uh... like i said earlier uh... it's thanksgiving week and i hope everyone just has a great holiday eat some turkey stuff your face i know i'm going to be my tooth's going to be all healed up Well, my toothless gap is going to be all healed up by then i hope not a hundred percent but i will be able to go ahead and enjoy my turkey dinner with my family and it's going to be a great day and i hope that you have a great day too Uh, enjoying the holiday with your family, friends, and whoever else that you want to enjoy the holiday with. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. Please continue uh, to give support on the websites, iTunes, uh, Twitter page, so on and so forth. Uh, I also want to go ahead and let you know that there will be no episode next week. I am taking the week off because of the holidays. And also, I also want to take that week... To sort of promote the show a little bit more. I'm going to dedicate a little more time to that this week. And then I will continue with another episode. Uh, two weeks from now. Highlighting another wonderful artist. So. Thank you again. Put in a movie tonight. Hopefully a, a Thanksgiving movie. Uh, the one that we enjoy. Or the one that I enjoy. That I will be putting in tomorrow night. Is sort of a tradition for me. Is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. This is a movie that my family and I would put in when I was a kid. And I really still do love it very much. Steve Martin, John Candy, so fucking brilliant together. I just, there's a something about that movie. It makes me smile. So I hope that you put in something that makes you smile this holiday season. Thanks again. God bless you. Have a good one.